Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and periodically some interesting off-topic episodes that, for no other reason, your host finds interesting. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, a position I've enjoyed for over three decades. In just a moment, we'll explore today's topic. You can find and listen to this podcast via any podcast app by searching for Weather Jazz, one word. Every episode is available via the website, weatherjazz.com, which is also where you'll find any accompanying information and links for every episode. This is episode number 89 for Wednesday, November 6, 2019. And as promised, I mentioned this on the uh, TV broadcast last Friday night when we did our winter weather outlook that we would expand on this uh, going into this week on Weather Jazz. And that's exactly what we're doing here today. Earlier this morning... Uh, morning meteorologist Scott Sable and I uh, got on the phone with each other and discussed the uh, winter weather uh, forecast and the parameters that really go into it. If you like a lot of weather nerdy stuff, this is going to be your episode uh, because we talk an awful lot about uh, some of the uh, parameters that we look at. And if you're curious about that, we try to explain it along the way. But if you're really into weather, this is really going to ring your bell. So without further delay, here's the conversation that I had this morning with Scott Sable. Scott, good to have you on Weather Jazz this morning. Thanks again, Andre, for having me. Hard to believe we're already heading into the winter season. I didn't think it would come this quick, but here we are. we got to get ready. And and we revealed, we had the giant reveal of the winter weather outlook uh, last Friday. But before we get into the details and all of the sticky details, I might add, uh, I want to visit this particular batch of cold air now coming in, which is now appearing uh, as though it's going to last two, maybe three weeks uh, plus, and uh, I'll let you uh, uh, tell the listeners just exactly what we've been seeing here for the last few days. Yeah, it has been. Um, you know, we've had some ups and downs, but this air coming in is abnormally cold for, you know, northern Ohio. Normally, we should be around 55 degrees, and, you know, the, the, the models are trying to pick up on this a while ago, and... You know, to see something that irregular, you know, around Halloween and a few days after, you didn't really want to bite too much. You're thinking, oh, maybe this is going to back off. But, man, the next few days and, and like you said, the next week and a half, we're going to get into some cold that we haven't seen here in northern Ohio this early in November since November of 2014. And that was one of those um, Novembers that was abnormally cold across about 80 to 90 percent of the U.S. Right. So we'll see whether or not this type of cold leads to that type of series cold the rest of the month. And uh, recently, too, we were just talking uh, as recently as yesterday about a, a particular feature which held the cold air in here in 2014. It appears as though that is or seems to be repeating. There is a typhoon in the western Pacific which is recurving northward into the Aleutian Islands of, um, of Alaska, what people don't realize is that has an impact, a, a long-term impact on weather here. 
It does, absolutely. And you go back to 2014, we had a couple of those type of typhoons. If, if uh, your listeners want to look up Typhoon Nuri, N-U-R-I, and there was another typhoon in December. I know I'm looking down the road a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it had, uh, I can't remember the name of it. I can't even pronounce the name. But it occurred a couple of times. And that Nuri typhoon went right into the Aleutians, and you could see it just, just being sucked into that Aleutian low. And that low bottomed out, and then all of a sudden... We really started getting into some serious cold in November of 14. And if I remember correctly, we had a, a string of days in the mid-20s, middle-high 20s here in northern Ohio that month. Uh, so, you know, you know, you look at recurving typhoons, and a lot of it depends upon where they recurve, whether or not they're too far west of Japan or east of Japan. But in most instances, like you said, it does lead to colder than normal temperatures, across the eastern half of the country. And when you already have a pattern established like that, and then you get this injection of this typhoon around the world into a pattern that's already there, man, it's, it's just like, you know, putting putting this pattern on steroids, so to speak. And like you said, I don't think this we're going to see any break until maybe Thanksgiving week. And even then, it doesn't look like it'll be something that resembles warm weather. Yeah, it may have implications uh, in December. Uh, so with that, because winter, at least meteorologically, is December, January and February. Let's talk about that because uh, when we uh, gave you the winter weather outlook uh, on Fox 8 in Cleveland, uh, for those of you listening outside of the Cleveland market, and of course uh, globally we have a number of downloads too, uh, this is really specific to Ohio, but it has implications for everyone else globally too. For you it might be different, but for us, Uh, At least initially, it appeared as though we've got no El Nino, no La Nina. We're neutral, essentially. Uh, What my meteorology professor liked to call La Nada. In other words, nothing. There's nothing there. So you have to look to other variables as suddenly becoming not secondary, but primary. And there are a few of them out there. Uh, The one that I saw would be a very broad area of warm water in the Gulf of Alaska, which tends to bring the colder air into the U.S. But I think with that southeast ridge again being very stubborn, at least initially, it looked like we would have a tough start to getting the cold air established in the Ohio Valley. Uh, So we went with uh, near or slightly above normal temperatures and a lot of false starts in December. A question for you. Now that we've seen this typhoon potentially going up into the Aleutians and joining uh, the the uh, the gang up there in the Aleutian Islands, so to speak, do you think that might spill over into December and these false starts might not be so false? Yeah, I think I think you're definitely right. You know, we, we, we in the last several years we've noticed that that Gulf of Alaska warmth and that ridge has really started to pop. It's been almost like a reoccurring feature uh, throughout the year and especially in winter. So it's interesting, you know, ever since the winter of, I think it was 2013, 2014, when it really started popping, uh, it's been certainly a driver. Um, but that's something we need to watch where that, where that uh, ridge sets up. Where do we see that warmth set up? Does it go further east? Does it go further west? And that'll determine where the ridge sets up off the West Coast. It'll also determine where a lot of the cold and the troppiness sets up in the upper Midwest and into the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned the Southeast Ridge. You know, it's interesting because the last three winters, that Southeast Ridge has been stubborn. And, you know, you try to shake that ridge and it just keeps popping up. And it invariably has produced 
you know, for us in the last five years, ever since that winter of, I believe it was 2014, 2015, relatively mild winters. We've had some cold, but we haven't had a, a winter below normal. Mm. Uh, so it's something you definitely can't ignore. Um, so the big question, like you said, will that southeast ridge be suppressed by the trough in the upper Midwest? And I think this year, based upon some of the variables you already mentioned, and a few others which we'll get to, I think that southeast ridge will be suppressed more so than last year. Right. And when that happens, I think what's going to happen is, instead of the storm track going from the panhandle back up through Illinois and Iowa and Missouri, where they had 30-plus inches of snow above normal, I think that storm track's going to track a little further east, and that might put us, you know, in the running for a, you know, for a year that um, isn't, wasn't like last year when we only had 35 inches. Mm-hmm. Well, since records uh, have been kept at Hopkins Airport, uh, we have not seen uh, any more than a four-year stretch where we've seen below-normal snowfall. And if we saw another one this year, it would be a fifth year, and that's never happened. So statistically, we're looking for, okay, above-normal snowfall. Um, and, of course, as you mentioned, with the ridge not quite as strong as the last two, three, four years, uh, we may be in prime position for some decent snowfalls this year. We did go above normal this year, a normal here in uh, at Cleveland, Hopkins Airport, 66 inches. That's the 50-year average. And uh, we're going basically from the upper 60s uh, to upper 70s, maybe even touching 80 inches uh, or so. And, of course, uh, that's going to have a lot of elbow room dependent on storm track and, and other variables as well. But I do see... This year is a much more active year storm-wise, and uh, get into some of the other variables. Now, there are a lot of newer variables that you've been keeping track of, these teleconnections, uh, that are not very well understood, except for maybe empirically. And uh, so talk about some of the, the newer research that's, uh, that you've been encountering and helping us to understand. Yeah, you know, we talk about El Nino, and we talk about the Pacific, the Equatorial Pacific, and, you know, one of the oceans that sometimes doesn't get its uh, due, due, due justice, due, um, uh, you know, we don't really do our due diligence with this because it's on the other side of the world, is the Indian Ocean. Yep, Indian Ocean, the Indian right. Ocean, yeah, the Indian Ocean, it's called the Indian Oceanic Dipole, the IOD, hmm. and that's basically a... Um, um, uh, a number or a condition or a, a phase of the Indian Ocean where you have, uh, you know, the, the shifting of the water temperatures west and east, positive or negative. Well, so far this year, the, the IOD has been ex- extraordinarily positive, which basically means, and if you look at a sea surface temperature anomaly map, uh, warm water piled up in the western Indian Ocean and abnormally cool water on the eastern Indian Ocean. And when I saw that, and I saw some writings on this, I'm thinking, hmm, this thing, this thing, I've heard of it before, but I really never paid any attention to it. And there's some research that would suggest that a positive IOD changes uh, the position of the convection along uh, the equator. And what that basically does is it changes the phase of the Madden-Julian oscillation, the MJO, and it makes it, there's, there's what, eight phases of the MJO, and I know I'm kind of getting deep in the weeds here, but the MJO typically responds to that positive IOD in the winter mm. in, in, in putting the MJO in phases 8, 1, and 2. Not always, but research suggests that it would be more of a dominant phase 8, 1, and 2, 
which strongly connects to colder than normal in the winter across the eastern half of the country. Mm -hmm. So I saw this, and I'm like, oh, well, this is interesting. Um, so we'll see what happens, uh, you know, w w with that. Um, there's some there's some uh, uh, meteorologists that have uh, kind of speculated that maybe the IOD is going to not be as positive and it won't have nearly the effect. But it's a variable that can't be ignored, especially heading into winter. And I think there's kind of, you know, you combine that with the Gulf of Alaska warmth, the fact that we don't really have an El Nino per se, and a few of the other variables uh, that we haven't had a chance to get to here. And it just really points to the fact of, of a winter that we haven't seen there in about four or five years. One other thing to note, too, and we mentioned that the El Nino, uh, or the it's a La Nada, so to speak, there is still just a little bit of warmth right along the international date line, and it doesn't really register as an El Nino, but it's enough warmth to offset, um, to, to, to show up, mm. and the cold, cooler water to the east is also kind of offsetting that. And that cooler water close to South America is also another factor that didn't show up last year right. uh, that also strongly points to um, to below normal temperatures across the eastern half of the U.S. So there's a lot of variables this year that are present that weren't present in the last few. I guess when we take a look at the forecast and try and sum it up uh, into just a phrase or uh, maybe a, a, a sentence or two, it would have to be because there is really the lack of any huge driver in the Pacific Ocean, the equatorial Pacific. It would have to be nuances, nuances, and all of those secondary ones that we're discussing here suddenly really become the primary and that's something that doesn't happen all too often. And so um, it's a forecast that we, uh, as a team, approach with great deal of caution. Yes, and that is exactly, because you look at a few of these other variables like the southeastern ridge and a few of these others that if they were to pop up and become more of a dominant driver, uh-oh, here we go, snowfall isn't as high as what you want, or maybe the pattern just doesn't shape up. You know, it's something that we always watch. Um, you know, there's no set guideline. You know, I, I always equate winter outlooks or seasonal outlooks to your grandma's casserole, right? You have your grandma's casserole, and, and she has 10 ingredients, and it goes into the casserole, right? Yep. And she makes the casserole, and it tastes great. So you get those 10 ingredients, and you make the casserole, and for some reason, it just doesn't taste as good as grandma's casserole. Right. You did everything right. Mm -hmm. But then when you look back and you go, well, maybe I didn't do that ingredient three. We're just quite like grandma's, but it altered the taste completely. And I think that's exactly how these, these seasonal outlooks can go. It's not just mm -hmm. you put them into a, a blender and poof, poof, here comes an outlook. You know, it's not a one-to-one -one relationship with everything. Sometimes these things can go a little, mm -hmm. you know, a little, a little to to either side of where you want them. So, um, you know, we've come a long way too in the last 10, 20 years with all this data online. So, hopefully, this this works out this year because last year for snow lovers, it just didn't materialize. Yeah, I think this year will be different, um, and hopefully the cold air, too, will uh, help a lot of these ski areas make snow on top of that. Uh, of course, technology and snowmaking nowadays um, uh, almost laughs at the weather, unless, of course, you have prolonged periods of warmth, uh, which doesn't allow them to make snow. Uh, getting back to the the ingredient, you said ingredient number three that caught my ear, because another thing in this whole process is that if you take ingredient number three 
and forget to put ingredient number three and don't get to it until, oh, that's right, ingredient number three went in, let's put it in after we put the five ingredients. So number six becomes number three. That can be problematic too. Absolutely, yeah. The the, uh, the chronology and the waiting, yeah. you know, can can also change things significantly. So, yeah, most definitely, it's um, it, it, a lot of times you know, we we look at the science of all this, but there is an art to it, and you know, it's um, it, it, it's certainly something that that I enjoy doing, like you know, you enjoy doing as well, and you can you, know, you learn from, learn from your mistakes. And I remember last year at the end of the year, I graded my. Um, my outlook on, right. on several fronts, mm-hmm. and it was like, man, I, I can't get myself better grade than maybe a C. Right. I had the pattern right, but the position of everything was just off. Yeah, the snowfall was the big surprise, and of course, we did make that adjustment for the second half of the winter, mm-hmm. recognizing that the southeast ridge was going to keep the majority of the storm track just to our west, and uh, of course, that made a huge difference. Um, we'll see where it ends up this year, and uh, I uh, trust and hope that uh, we'll probably uh, have a little bit better handle on this one. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, last year, real quick, here, we had the polar vortex last year mm-hmm. made an appearance. Remember that one back in late January? Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's something that, um, you know, is very difficult to uh, uh, to predict far out. But, you know, watching what happens in the Arctic in the short term, you know, does the, uh, does the, uh, do the temperatures in the stratosphere get warm enough and does it displace, does it, does the polar vortex end up getting displaced? You know, that's something that's way too, uh, you can't predict two or three months down the road, but that's something that we'll need to watch as well. Uh, last uh, January, in, in fact, I was working uh, the weekends, I was filling in for, for the weekend folks, uh, we had that big snowstorm on a Saturday, and it was very heavy, wet snow, and then all of a sudden, everything froze, and I was on my way to uh, Fox 8 on a Sunday. My car was shaking violently. I thought it was going to fall apart. And um, I come to find out the, the slop in the snow uh, stuck to one side of my wheel, and my wheels, all of them, were completely unbalanced. And at highway oh, yeah. speeds, the, the whole thing felt like it was going to shake. I wasn't the only one. Everybody else at the station was having the same issue, and so we kind of figured there's something wrong. And sure enough, I looked at the wheels, and uh, and there were huge chunks of ice on the inside of the rim, only on one side. And so I released a, a podcast um, episode called My Car is Shaking, and uh, taking a look at uh, which I can see. I can see which ones are downloaded most often. Uh, that one had a huge peak above and ab- above and beyond anything I've ever released, and I, I think in in like a, a two week period there were several thousand downloads wow. of this one particular wow. episode. Um, Oh, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of winter we end up. Uh, and uh, uh, my big concern right now is December. Did we get December right, or will we have to make an adjustment based on what's been happening here in the last week? Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, usually uh, um, when you look at a lot of the composites, when you have a big cold November like this, 
um, in many of those years, you end up having a December bounce back. Right, yes. In other words, instead of instead of extreme cold, there is some sort of bounce back, maybe to near normal. But everything is relative. You know, normal December temperatures are a whole lot different than early November. So, um, you know, we're, we're counting on that little bounce back where December might end up being a little above normal, where we have all of a sudden, you know, winter kind of go in the back burner and, and, and if it does materialize i think a lot of people think well wait a minute where, where winter go we had november well what happened to, to, to december so that'll be something interesting too to watch because if we do get that bounce back obviously we're not going to get as much snow and it won't be nearly as cold but either way we're still looking at you know january february maybe even into early march a lot of this cold you know really settling in and probably you know more being more pervasive than last year so so, yeah, December is going to be interesting, Andre, to see what happens, whether or not this specific pattern becomes more favorable for mm-hmm. milder air. Um, you know, right now we're, we're, we're banking on at least some of that happening, and I hope it does a little bit, but we'll see. I think, I think we'll know more. Like right now it's November, you know, we're about a week into November. I think we'll have a pretty good handle on, on what early December will be like probably in another week to 10 days when the Pacific pattern starts to kind of, that when those typhoons work their way out of the system and we start to see uh, see what happens out there. So by the middle of the month, we'll have a pretty good idea. Excellent. Uh, Scott, as always, appreciate uh, you coming on and, and uh, chatting about uh, some of the nuances of uh, weather and forecasting. And I hope it was interesting to those that uh, were listening, uh, kind of talking shop here. Uh, but uh, yeah, when we get together frequently, that's uh, that's what what happens in the weather office. We'll talk shop ex- exactly like we're doing here. Come on back uh, again as the winter begins to develop, and uh, maybe we'll do it again and, and see where we're at, what went right, and um, if any adjustments uh, need to be made as we head through the winter. How does that sound? Absolutely, Andre. Looking forward to uh, talking to you here in a couple of months. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and will help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence, both on social media and by word of mouth. If you have a question or a topic suggestion, I welcome your input. You can easily reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. If you're listening to Weather Jazz via one of the many podcast apps available, remember to subscribe so that you can automatically download every episode as I make them available. And if you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area, or plan to visit or simply traveling through, You can catch my 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. weekday weather segments on WJW Television, Fox 8, or online, live at fox8.com. If you have a Twitter or Instagram account, you can follow me at Andre Bernier, A-N-D-R-E-B-E-R-N-I-E-R. We'll see you soon with another engaging episode right here on Weather Jazz.